Do you remember the supermarkets and the empty aisles back in March last year? Shelf after shelf after shelf was empty, and we were all struggling just to find a bag of pasta. And I can only assume that someone, somewhere, had stockpiled huge quantities of pasta in their shed because of the lockdown that we were all expecting. And then it came, and the supermarket started restricting the amount of stuff that we were able to buy. We were so used to having everything that we might need when we might need it. It felt like a shock, maybe even an injustice. Uh, to discover that the supermarkets couldn't provide it. And like lots of people, I got hold of a big bag of flour, and I got into the habit of making sourdough bread every day. Or not quite every day, nearly every day. And I even had a sourdough starter, and I named him Henry, and I fed him every day. And uh, slowly, we all got wise, uh, and the supermarkets adjusted their supplies. Uh, and we worked out the best times to order things to avoid unfortunate substitutions. I know that we stopped appreciating the luxury of that big bag of pasta that we had in our cupboard, or the bread that we had in our bread bin. And Henry, who is here, stopped getting fed and turned into a useless pot of flowery sludge. Now, I know that this isn't everyone's experience, and that the discussion that we've been having recently around food for kids has made us more aware uh, that hunger is a sad part of modern life. Uh, for many people, perhaps for you, it's not just an inconvenience, but a daily anxiety. So it's really easy to see why so many packed churches preach that God wants to make you rich. Too many Christian sermons around the world today will spin some version of that gospel of prosperity. Name it and claim it. God will give you everything you could possibly desire. All you have to do is submit yourself and give to our giving scheme. Uh, or maybe there's a more subtle version of this gospel. Life will be easier for you if you follow Christ. I hope that we all understand that that is not what the Christian life is about. That we are all called to pick up our cross, to give up our lives, to give up everything that we have and follow him. We will not magically become wealthy uh, or even happy just because we are disciples of Christ. In fact, we might even find ourselves becoming materially poorer and experiencing greater hardship. But our lives will be good in the sense that we will be in right relationship with God as we were created to be. And as we walk in this relationship, I hope that we will discover a deeper joy and a peace which passes all understanding. And yet, uh, we often think about prayer like a shopping list, where we come to God with our cosmic Amazon wish list, uh, and God goes through the list like some sort of eternal Jeff Bezos, going, yes, no, no, maybe, yes. Oh, that one's a wait. 
give us today our daily bread is the first and the only line in the Lord's Prayer, which invites, encourages, perhaps even requires us to bring our requests before God. God is interested in establishing his kingdom, in building a relationship with us. And it's only because of that relationship that the God of all creation is pleased when we humbly come before him and bring him our needs. That is, what is, that is part of what it means for God to be personal. So we don't pray, God, give me everything I want, or give me everything that I will ever need. Literally, we pray, give us bread for the coming day, just enough to get us through to the end of the day. I don't know about you, but sometimes that feels like all I can pray, trusting that God will still be there, will still be with me tomorrow. And I can remember asking my Sunday school teacher uh, why we need to pray at all, given that God already knows what we need. I was that kind of child. And there's a dimension to prayer which is not about telling God what we want him to know, but trusting and submitting to the fact that he already knows what we need, perhaps better than we do. So to pray, give us today bread for the coming day is an act of obedience. We acknowledge that there is a limit to our capacity to look after ourselves and that there are some circumstances where all we can do is pray and long uh, for God to intervene. And of course, we can plan ahead all we like. Taking good care of the resources that we've got is a good biblical principle. But we have all learned over the last year that plans for holidays, for weddings, for supermarket orders, for revision schedules, are all subject to change. And when those plans fall apart, as they so often do, it's an unchanging God who can sustain us from day to day. At the end of the day, all we can do is trust that God has got us. As we come before God and we humbly confess our limitations, we discover the rich ways in which he's already provided for us. The air we breathe, the ground that we stand on, the people that we love, all of the things that we own, all good gifts around us are sent from heaven above. I'll never remember, uh, never remember, I will never forget a visit to Durban uh, in South Africa that I made with, South Af with Soul Survivor uh, a number of years ago. We were attached to a church in the poorest part of town with the highest crime rates uh, and the highest block of flats. And having a bag or a car stolen, often violently, was a sad part of everyday life. The church had invited us to meet and pray with an elderly lady who lived right at the top of this block of flats, right next to where the church was. And as we crowded on her worn sofa in a tiny shoebox flat with a few possessions scattered around, I was amazed that the words from her mouth 
were not requests or demands from God. They were rich with praise and gladness for everything that she had received. She knew that God's gifts go far beyond our material wealth. In John 6, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Like the bread that came down from heaven in the, uh, to the people in the wilderness, Jesus comes down into our desolation and brings hope. Hope that we will not wander in this wilderness forever. Hope that we will be raised up with him and brought into eternal life. Please hear me. Receiving eternal life isn't simply a kind of holy life insurance. It's not about a ticket into heaven. It's about having the life of eternity poured into our hearts today. A life lived here and now in light of that eternal reality. So that rather than our lives being defined by our present struggles or uh, the failure of failures of our past, we live in hope of a glorious future. To pray, give us today our daily bread is a radical statement of our dependence on God. That no matter what life throws at us, we have already received love and forgiveness and grace upon grace from God. And we can only respond to that grace with joy gratitude and with generosity. I don't want to suggest that our spiritual needs are the only needs that matter. Uh, we all know how it feels to have material needs. We all know how it feels to have emotional needs. And since we're all gathered for worship here today, I imagine that we all have an inkling uh, of our spiritual needs. But here's the thing. Material needs and material things are relational. They are emotional. They are spiritual. To make a loaf of bread or a bag of pasta, or in fact, anything on a supermarket shelf, someone somewhere has worked the land. They have gathered ingredients. They've distributed it to the shop. And through the food that we have on our table, we are in a relationship with every single one of those people and the people that we share that meal and that food with. And all those people, whether they know it or not, depend upon God for the land where they toil, for the skills that they share, for the homes that they live in. God isn't concerned that we think we own it. All good things are a gift from him, and we all live entirely by God's grace. So out in the desert, what the Israelites discovered was the shortest supply chain, perhaps since the Garden of Eden. They depended directly on the living God to keep them standing every day. I'm really struck by the equity of the manna in the desert. One omer each. Now don't get too hung up on what an omer is I think just imagine a small loaf of bread, just enough for your sandwiches for the coming day. It's so simple. It's so straightforward. Uh, there's, enough of, there's enough for everyone. And if anyone tries to take more than their fair share, maggots. 
the way in which God maintains fairness is as miraculous as the manner itself because God knows the human heart and knew that for some to have more than others would lead to conflict and injustice in the wilderness. Nevertheless, over 40 years in the wilderness, people started to grumble. They started to complain because don't we always want more than our fair share? To hope for more, perhaps at someone else's expense. And Proverbs 30, which we heard, or the verse from Proverbs 30, reminds us that even though it is not good to have less than we need, having too much can lead us to disown God. Having everything that we want destroys our sense of dependence upon God. And so to pray the Lord's Prayer and to pray this line is to cultivate gratitude, to let go of our desires, and to appreciate what we have, to understand that even the things that we do have are not truly ours but belong to God, and to understand that other people are not worth less just because they have less. The early church understood this as they shared everything that they owned and they distributed food. So we pray, give us today, not give me today, because just as God is our Father together, so the provision that he gives us is for sharing. In sharing the provisions of God, we are bound together. We become companions, which if you were paying attention in GCSE French, you might know means people that we share bread with. So if we honestly present these words before God, how can we ignore the person who worships on the pew next to us or perhaps the person who shares a live stream with us? How can we ignore our neighbor who doesn't have their daily bread? Sometimes that person might be us. We often talk about God responding to prayers with a yes, a no, or a wait. But I wonder if sometimes the response is more of a question. God asks us, how are you going to be part of my response? How are we going to provide for others just as God has provided for us? Here is what's left of the flower that I bought in the first lockdown. It's a reminder to me uh, I don't have a jar of manna, um, but what we do have are the stories of how God has provided for us in a multitude of ways. And we trust that the God who has provided for us in the past will continue to, pray, uh, continue to do so for the day ahead. So as we keep praying, give us today our daily bread. I'd like, us, I'd like to encourage us all to keep sharing stories of God's provision, to keep reminding ourselves of all of the good things that have come from God who always knows our needs. We must never lose sight of the Creator as we enjoy the riches of His creation. But also as we pray this prayer and encounter companions who don't seem to have enough, then consider that 
God might be calling us to share our sandwiches and of all of the needs that God provides for us. What is the most precious? That God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die so that we might experience the life of eternity in relationship with him. That is the only kind of prosperity that any of us should be seeking after. So let's hold the great riches of God's generosity in our minds and in our hearts as we sing before the throne of God above.